into it turn your bibles to the book of first 1 corinthians 3 1 corinthians 3 i'm gonna read verses 10 and 11 if you have your bibles turn there otherwise it would come up on the screen by the grace god has given me i laid a foundation as a wise builder and someone else is building on it but each one should build with care for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. I'm gonna to speak to you on this subject called building works, building works. If you don't mind, let's pray together. God, I thank you for bringing my brothers and sisters here today. Thank you because you are good. Thank you because you are kind. I thank you because your word would come with power today. It will not be my words, it will be your word and the people will receive it with gratitude. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I once read a story on CNN uh, a few years ago about a couple who lost their house to Hurricane Rita in 2005. So when this couple, Warren and Pam Adams, when they moved to Gilchrist in Texas, and another hurricane came in 2008, they were so excited that, they were so relieved that their new home was able to withstand that hurricane hike. And the manner in which that house stood was absolutely shocking. Because you see, the storm surge devastated the Bolivar Peninsula town, flattening most of the 200 homes there. The couple's yellow house at the beach, supported 14 feet off the ground, was the only house, it should come up on the screen, was the only house standing in, in Gilchrist Gulf Coast side. You see on the, on the screen two pictures taken by the pilot uh, Ray Asgar. And all that happened in 2008. In 2020, Eagle View, a news agency, reported that that house, that's 12 years later, that house was still standing. That hurricane came and tested what the houses in the area were built on. And this is what life does. It tests the stuff of our faith. It tests the foundation of our lives. It tests the quality of the materials that we've used to build our lives. Church, a time is coming when each of our work on earth will be tested. A time is coming when, whether you are young or young at heart, the foundation of your life, the materials that you've used to build your life will be revealed. No matter how prophetic you are, there are some things you won't see coming. And that is why it is wise to build your life on a secure, steady, and solid foundation. This is at the heart of what Paul was saying to the Corinthian church in the verses I read earlier. I'm gonna read the verses again. First Corinthians 3, 10 to 11. By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder, and someone else is building on it. But each one should build with care. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. You see, in these verses, Paul is using a very instructive metaphor relating to constructing a building. He pictures himself as a builder, a wise master builder, he called it. And in, in this role, he is the one who laid the foundation. The building is the church, the community of Christians in Corinth. 
And the following verse would show that the foundation that Paul put, put in place was Jesus Christ. In other words, Paul is the one who introduced Christ to the Corinthians. He began the work providing the stable and supporting starting point for everything that would come after. Now, others have come to build on that foundation. And what Paul is saying is that he's beginning to warn those who continue to build, that, to build on that foundation to be careful of how they build in their teaching and leadership. Paul doesn't seem to be calling out a problem, but what he's doing is that he's cautioning the leaders to build with care and to build on what he started with wisdom and integrity. And when you think about the building, one cannot haphazardly throw materials together and expect that to form a home. It must be done with wisdom. It must be done with intentionality. It must be done with care. And when I think about our world today, Paul's message seems fitting and apt. Paul's message seems concise for our context and our lives and our world today. We see the state of the things in our country. We see the political climate. We see the state of things that many people are building today. And as we are seated here, we are all building something. In our personal lives, we are building something. Some of you are building a home. I got married to Debbie eight years ago. We've been building our home. Some of you are building a career. Some of you are building a business. You're building a ministry. Whatever it is, we are all building something. Which leads me to the very first point in today's message. It's a question. What are you building your life on? What are you building your life on? Because what Paul is saying is that everybody is not just building something. Everybody is building on something. This is about foundations. Every construction project starts with a foundation because it's very crucial. And Jesus himself actually talked about foundations when he painted a picture of a man who built his house on a rock and a man who built his house on a sand. Matthew 7, 24 to 27. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Now, notice that the rain came upon the house built on the rock and the house built on the sand. The rain will always come. Well, it is what you build your life on that determines whether you stand or not. What are you building your life on? As Paul says it, are you a wise master builder? Because, you see, really, it is what you build your life on that shows whether you're a wise master builder or not. And we see this in our world today with people building on cheap materials, fragile materials, materials that do not stand the test of time. We see this in our world today with people build, building on the economy, with feelings, opinion, the culture, philosophies of men. This is why marriages and institutions are failing today. Why love Apostle Paul? Because he doesn't hide the truth. He says it categorically in verse 11, 1 Corinthians 3, 11. He says, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. Can you say amen to that? Amen. 
And you see, like most of the metaphors apply to Jesus in the Bible, the idea that Jesus is the foundation, as Paul puts it, has different meanings. Paul is basically saying that Jesus is immovable. Jesus is unbreakable. Jesus is a safe place for retreat. He's a fortress in battle. He's the true source of strength, a firm foundation our stable one, our defense, our support, the one we can cling to in all circumstances. It's all about Jesus. Yes. And, when you've been, and when you've been around long enough, you know that life is an adventure. When you've been around long enough, you know that your walk with God is an adventure. It's an adventure filled with challenges and opportunities. But when you build on Jesus, you are building on the Lord's table on changing nature. You're building on his strength and his ability to safeguard his people as stone fortifications provide an excellent protection from elements and dangers. David writes about this in Psalm 18. Psalm 18 verse two, he says, the Lord is my rock. I love that when the worship team was leading us earlier on, they mentioned this as well. The Lord is my rock. He is my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. The Lord is my rock. He is not just the rock, he is my rock. He is the one I build my life on. He is my foundation. He is the one I build my home on. He is the one I put my faith in. Is the one I seek, is the one I serve, is the one I love, is the one that really matters. Yahweh Tsuri, the Lord is my rock. I grew up in a city called Abeokuta in southwest Nigeria. I came into this country, I think about 12 years ago now. That city, Abeokuta, is famous for rocks. It's famous for a particular mountain that has rocks all over the place. I think a picture should come up on the screen. That place um, is now a uh, tourist attraction. I remember going to Nigeria a few years ago with some of our church members and I took them there uh, when we went for missions. But you see, in the 19th century, the people of that city found refuge at that place, under the rock. Actually, it's called Oluma Rock and it means under the rock. They found safety during the tribal wars in Nigeria. They found safety under that rock. You see, the safest place you can be is under the rock, under Jesus, under God. No matter how life goes up and down, there's only one stable one. His name is Jesus. And that is the safest place you can be. There is no value in laying another foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. That's what Paul is saying. 1 Corinthians, 10, 1 Corinthians 10 verse 4, he says, and all drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them, and the rock was Christ. Can you say the rock was Christ? The Lord is my rock. Yahweh Tsuri. There is one who is higher than you. There is one who created you. He has a plan for you. And it's only wise that you build your life on him. He formed you. It's only wise that you build your life on him. I gave my life to Jesus at a very young age, and I understand that that may be very different for many of us in the room. You know, sometimes I find myself thinking that, how I wish I had a very spectacular story. So perhaps 
Maybe I was doing drugs. And one day an angel appeared to me and said, Paul, rise up. I have a calling for your life. Rise up and follow me or you will die. But no, 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 that's not my story. My story is that I grew up in church. I've been in church all my life. My dad pastored faithfully. He still pastors. He's been pastoring for over 30 years. And as a very young boy, I gave my life to Jesus. That's my story. See, we are not in competition with each other with our stories. No matter when or how you found God, the key thing is that you hold on to Jesus. Our stories are not in competition with each other. Our competition is the world. Let's build our lives on Jesus. This is my story. And through it all, I've made decisions to put Jesus at the center of my life. I'm not perfect, but I'm growing in Christ through the ups and downs. And I can tell you that building your life on Jesus truly does make a difference. Jesus has made me a better husband. He's made me a better father. He's made me a better leader. And I'm a living testimony of what I'm preaching today. Now, can I ask you to please consider Jesus with me? Perhaps you're here today, you're trying church for the very first time. Can I ask you to consider Jesus with me? Can I ask you to consider Jesus with me? Because you see, everyone will get to a point when the foundation of their lives will be tested. What people have built their lives on will be revealed. Everyone will get to that point. Young and old, no matter the color of your skin, you will get to that point. And I find that sometimes it may be good things that we've built our lives on. Maybe you are here today and you've built your life on Chelsea or Man United. Any Manchester United fan here today? Or Chelsea? I'm so sorry, it's not your season, it's our season in Arsenal. I'm sorry, Melinda, I've divided the church. Maybe you're here today and you've built your life on your husband or your wife. Maybe you're here today and you've built your life on your job or making money or being famous. Those things are not the answer. That's why I love what Jim Carrey said. He said, I think everybody should get rich and famous and do everything they ever dreamed of so they can see that it is not the answer. Jesus is the answer. What are you building your life on? Point number two, what are you building with? What are you building with? This is about the materials we used to build. This is about the day-to-day grind of life. This is about progression. Many times people start with great foundations, but over time they let the cracks in and the building begins to collapse. You know, as they go through the motions of life, things begin to shake. I think many of us, prophetically, many of us need to remember where we started. Many of us need to remember why we started. And you see, a time is coming when the materials that you've used to build your life will be revealed. I like what Paul wrote to the Corinthian church when he asked them this question, are you a wise master builder? Because yes, everybody's building on something, but everybody is also building with something. And what you're building with will be revealed over time. 1 Corinthians 3, 12 to 15 um, says it like this. Anyone who builds on that foundation may use a variety of materials. So you could use gold, silver, jewels. Those are quality materials. Or you could use wood, hay, or straw, inferior materials. So the question is, will the Corinthian church build with quality materials like gold, like silver, and precious stones? 
which will result in a great structure, a strong structure, or will they build on wood, on hay, and straw, cheap materials? You know, you could easily raise up the, the building with cheap materials and over time it collapses because the test will come. Verse 13. But on the judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. If the work survives, that builder will receive a reward. But if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. In my journey, I find that sometimes people build with cheap materials and they expect great results. People build with straws and expect the results produced by gold. I actually like the way the message translation puts 1 Corinthians. The message translation is like a devotional translation of the Bible. It says it like this, 1 Corinthians 3, 13 to 15. It says, take particular care in picking out your building materials. Eventually, there is going to be an inspection. If you use cheap or inferior materials, you will be found out. The inspection will be thorough and rigorous. You won't get by with a thing. If your work passes inspection, fine. If it doesn't, your part of the building will be torn out and started over. Paul says it all with those verses. A time is coming when each of our work on earth will be tested. Some say they build on Jesus, but their actions show otherwise. And I dare say to the church, you see, the strength of the church is not in words. It's in actions powered by the Holy Spirit. It's in all we do. This is about who we trust in. And this leads me to my final point. Point number three, how do you build your life? Let me, tell, let me ask the person beside you, how do you build your life? The best place to unravel this is in God's word. Yeah. 1 Corinthians 3.10, Paul says, each one should build with care. That's how you build. Each one should build with care. This is about the attitudes that we bring. This is about the resources that we build with. How do you build your life? We build with God's word. Yes, that's how we build. We build with prayer. We build with the Holy Spirit. We build with the, the partnership with the Holy Spirit because we do know that the race is not to the swift. Yeah, it's not by power, it's not by might. It's by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Ephesians 5, 18, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. How do you build? We build with the church. That's how we build. You know, when you take the church out of the world today, what do you have left? Total darkness. That's what you have. And the fact that we have the church here still means that there is light all over the place. That's how we build. And I want to say to some of us today, please do not leave church because things are bad or things are easy. That's when people leave church, when things are good or when things are bad. Do not leave. Stay connected to God's family. Stay connected to God's family. When I think about Peter, I think it would have been easy for Peter to leave the church after denying Jesus because he had walked with Jesus for years and he denied Jesus in front of a little girl. There, must be a lot of, there, there would be a lot of shame all over him, but yet he decided to stay. Church, we need each other. Let's build with the church. See, there's no perfect church. Our only option is to be an imperfect Christian ourselves and walk with imperfect people 
in unity as we together look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Can you say amen to that? Amen. There is no perfect church. And when you think about it, wild animals who leave their parks are more prone to attack. And we are more vulnerable to attack as well when we are not in regular fellowship with our brothers and sisters. Let's build with the church. How do you build? Build with Jesus. Not with culture. Build with Jesus. This is about a lifetime commitment to Jesus. Not a one-time commitment. It's about making it to the very end. This is about finishing the race. Continue to build with the Lord no matter what. Start with Jesus. Continue with Jesus. And make sure you finish with Jesus. It's not just about starting the race. It's about finishing the race. It's about completing the race. This is how we build. We build with a lifetime of faithfulness. People don't get rewarded for starting a race. They get rewarded for finishing the race. There's a picture that will come up on the screen, uh, a picture of John Stephen Aquari. In 1968, Summer Olympics in Mexico City, John Stephen Aquari came all the way from Tanzania to Mexico City. He was one of the 76 runners who had qualified to run in that race that year, in the marathon that year of the Olympics. And as the race went on, in the middle of the race, he fell and dislocated a knee and a shoulder. They wanted to take him to the hospital and he said, no, 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 I'm not, I don't want to go to the hospital. He could barely walk, he could barely run, he could barely stand, and he, he didn't go to the hospital. By the time he summoned courage to stand up, the marathon had ended. And only 55 people managed to finish the race. Two hours had gone by, all the runners had, had left. In fact, the medals had been presented, but John Stephen Aquari came limping all the way all the way, all the way. Went to the stadium where, where the finish line was and did two laps around the stadium and completed the race. And um, a journalist walked up to him and said, why did you do that? You, know, you knew you couldn't walk. Why did you do all that? Why did, you have to, why did you make a decision to finish the race? And he said, my people did not send me 5,000 miles to start the race. My people sent me 5,000 miles to finish the race. Church, God has called us not just to start this race, but to finish this race. Let's run well, and let's run to win. Continue to take steps towards growth in Christ. Keep chasing Jesus all the days of your life. Now, I'm gonna do one thing as I try to, try to round off. I'm gonna call your name your name is New Community Church. And when I say that, you're going to say, yes, Paul. New Community Church? Yes, Paul. Very good. I know you guys as an excellent Christian church. I, I know you guys as an excellent kingdom people. People who are raising family members and missionaries for Jesus. People who have been consistent. People who have said yes when the whole world is saying no. I know you as people who have built this church on Jesus. And for that, I'm grateful to God for you. Now, don't stop. Today, I encourage you to build this church, to continue to build this church on Jesus. I want to encourage New Community Church to go forth and take new territories for Jesus. I want to encourage you to continue to build on Jesus as your foundation. Today, Jesus gives you the permission to shine brighter and brighter. 
let it be a coming together of lights. And with the coming together of the lights, you become a force, an incredible force, ready to shatter darkness and unleash grace to this world. I want to encourage you to shine that light with love. Shine that light with respect for each other. Shine that light with diversity. Shine that light with every decision you make and every interaction you have with people. Shine the light of Jesus as you collectively go forth into all that God has for you in this building work. Today, I want to pray over you that your church is blessed. Seed Cup is blessed. Eltham is blessed. London shall be saved. The United Kingdom shall be saved. In the name of Jesus. Let's build on Jesus. He's our secure and steady foundation. In Jesus' name. If you don't mind, can you rise up as we pray together? I love ending messages with a time of reflection and prayer. And I just want you to bow down and think about what you've heard today. I wrestled with a couple of messages to preach today. I just felt God bringing me, bringing me back to this one. What are you building your life with? Who are you building your life on? How do you build? As we continue to reflect over this message, I want to read those verses that we read at the beginning of the talk again. 1 Corinthians 3, 10 to 11 says, By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder, and someone else is building on it, but each one should build with care. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If you're here today and you want to you want to make a decision for Jesus, to, to stand for Jesus, to surrender your life to Jesus. You want to make a decision to put your trust in Jesus. Some of you may be here today and this is all new to you and you just want to jump in and make a decision to follow Jesus and, 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 and allow him to start this building work in you. For some of you, I get a sense that you want to throw away the materials that you've been using to build. And now you want to receive God's life and God's resources. And I'd like you to just stretch forth your hands if you want to do that. And I'm going to just pray over you as I round this off. If you're making a decision, whatever decision it is for Jesus, stretch forth your hands as we pray together. Thank you for the responses all over the room. God, I thank you for this family. I thank you because you are good. I thank you because you're faithful. I thank you because you know our stories. There are so many stories in this room. And I thank you because none of these stories are hidden to you. Lord, I pray for them today that you breathe your life over their building works. I ask Lord, that you breathe your life, you breathe your life over their lives. And Lord, let there be a partnership with you, Jesus. I pray for people who are uprooting the foundation and planting themselves in you today. Lord, help them to stand the test of time. Help them to start with you, continue with you, and finish with you in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you for all you have done. Thank you for, your, for the new beginning in this place. And thank you because you are faithful. We love you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray.